Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Ron Corbett, author of the new novel, The Sweet Goodbye. Ron's debut novel, Ragged Lake, won an Edgar Allan Poe Award nomination by the Mystery Writers of America for Best Original Paperback. Craig Johnson, author of the best-selling Walt Longmire novels, wrote about The Sweet Goodbye. Like a marvelous piece of North Country wood, The Sweet Goodbye has a luxurious grain and finish. Not to say that Ron Corbett's debut novel of FBI agent Danny Barrett doesn't have its share of warp and twist. This is the plank that's going to set the platform for one fine crime series. Ron, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to be here, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Sweet Goodbye, how would you describe the novel? Um, well, fine North Country Wood. I have to thank uh, Craig for that. That was a nice, a nice piece. That, there's another blurb on there from uh, on the book from Ace Atkins. It, it referred to it as noir. Uh, it, it is. It has noir elements to it. It, it is a, a crime novel. It's a. I have a detective. I have a police officer, Danny Barrett. Uh, he will be the recurring character. So it's, it's very much a crime novel. And it would be stark. Uh, you know, that's an adjective that has been used for some of my past books. Um, uh, it, you know, it gives a hint to what Craig said there. It gives a hint to place. Place is, is very important. The story takes place in northern Maine. Uh, so that locale is uh, important throughout the story. Uh, and if you like a noir story, if you like a, sort of a twisted crime story, it, it might be it may be a book you would enjoy reading. That's great. Well, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write the sweet goodbye? Uh, I, I do sort of, there's a, you know, there's, there's a few stories behind that. I love the title. Can I just say right now? I'm, I'm real, I, I'm chuffed with the title. I, I thought the sweet goodbye, you know, there's a nuance, there's a hint of something in that title that uh, I found very compelling. Of course, there's echoes of Chandler there. Uh, with the sweet goodbye, um, I, I the ragged lake is not part of this series. As you said, the the sweet goodbye is the start of a new series. Uh, the Berkeley is is publishing the new series in the states. Um, so ragged lake was part of another series, and uh, again, locale is is very important. And the impetus came from, uh, well, the first series had sort of three books. They were said it's not the end of the series. We we have a fourth one almost finished. Uh, Ragged Lake, uh, Yakabuski, Frank Yakabuski. I love the name is the main character in that one. Uh, but there was three novels that were linked, three stories that were linked and the three and the, you know, that had finished. And so do I do a fourth one or do I start a new series? And I had the idea of this Danny Barrett character. It, what thing I should say, I don't want to go on too far, but in Craig's review, as lovely as it is, uh, he's not an FBI agent. What the, the trick to this, Jeff, or, what might make it a little bit different. Danny Barrett is an undercover cop and he's a specialist. If you can imagine that being, being a specialty, that's his specialty. He only does undercover work and he moves around. And there are people like that. I'm, I'm a journalist for many years. I was a journalist and I've covered court cases where I've heard testimony from people who were like this. They were undercover specialists and they would move across the country, get just sort of parachuted in to ongoing investigations. And that's what Danny Barrett is. And I was intrigued with that as a notion for a character. 
And it also allowed this character to move around. The, the series, the Yakubuski series, is very much rooted in place. Uh, Frank Yakubuski is never going to go anywhere. He's going to stay on the Northern Divide, which is where that series takes place. So that was kind of the impetus, you know, taking some of the elements from that original series, coming up with a character like that who could move around in sort of this dark, you know, complex world. And that was the impetus for it. Sure. Well, you said that you worked as a journalist. I'm curious, what was your initial fiction writing journey that led you to writing and getting your debut novel published? Okay. Um, yeah, there, there is a bit of a story. I'm, I'm speaking to you today, Jeff, I, uh, from Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada, mm-hmm. for people listening who may not know, uh, I am a Canadian. Uh, and I've, I'm from Ottawa. Ottawa is my hometown. It was recently in the news because of the truck convoy. Uh, it's the capital of Canada. Uh, I've been a journalist in Ottawa for nearly 30 years uh, as a newspaper columnist. I also had an open line radio show for a few years. Uh, and I, and I, I had a neat job uh, in newspapers, Jeff. Uh, I wrote kind of what on a good day would be a, a gritty kind of street column. You know, you hang around the cop shop and you get a story. That was That was my job. Uh, so some of these stories and some of the stories in the sweet goodbye are, are real stories. You know, they're stories that I've encountered as, as a journalist. Uh, and I was your classic journalist, Jeff, for, you know, about 10 years. I had a half finished novel, uh, sitting in a drawer on my desk. Here, let me open the drawer. <laughs> I had a half finished novel in one drawer. And, you know, about six years ago, I, I decided there was a birthday coming up and I decided, you know, rather we'll finish the damn thing, just finish the damn thing. And that was Ragged Lake. And uh, I, I got lucky with Ragged Lake. I, I found an agent here in Canada very quickly, found a publisher very quickly. Uh, and that's how I started writing fiction. And I'm curious, when you were when you were uh, working on The Sweet Goodbye, what was your writing process? And, and is it similar to novel to novel? Do you, do you sit down and kind of write an outline and plan for the novel um, before you start working, or do you just kind of dive into the narrative? How does that work for you? <laughs> I, I wish I was smart enough to come up with an outline. Uh, I, I, I've become more and more convinced an outline is important, Jeff. The more uh, the more I do this, there was a time when I thought, no, just start it. You know, throw yourself off a cliff. Maybe you can build wings before you hit the bottom. Um, I, I'm not as thrilled with that way of writing. So I do like to have a, you know, a, an outline, some sense of where you're beginning, where you're finishing. The middle is, it tends to be something you, uh, you know, that grows as you're doing it. Uh, but I like to have a, a, a bit of an outline nowadays. Yes, I do. Definitely. Sure. And are you working on a new novel now? I am. I'm working on the second one. And the uh, Danny Barrett is, is a series. Uh, again, uh, Berkeley. Working with a great editor, I should give a shout out to Tom Colgan uh, over at Berkeley. And yeah, I've been working on the second one uh, most of the winter. That's great. And did you say earlier that you are working on a fourth novel in your original series? I am. Well, it, I have a, <laughs> it feels like the old half novel, my drawer again story, but um, mm-hmm. I, I had a, I was working on the a fourth Yakubuski one. At the same time as I was writing The Sweet Goodbye. So I had two novels going <laughs> at the same time, sort of thing. And uh, I, I should give another shout out. Uh, Jeff, a really quick version. I don't want to bore you, but you said, how did I get into fiction? A lot of this uh, goes back to Gail Hawkman, my my agent, and how that happened. Ragged Lake, my first book in Canada, you know, it was a Canadian publisher, it was Canadian distribution. I don't know how many of your readers 
are, are familiar with that series, but it was nominated for an Edgar, right? <laughs> the blue gets nominated for an Edgar. Uh, you know, very sweet day when that happened. I went down to New York, had the dinner. And at the dinner, I met Hallie Efron, who was one of the judges for the Mystery Writers of America. Uh, and Hallie has, has just been a wonderful help to me. Uh, she knew Ragged Lake. She had read it. She liked it. Uh, when I talked to her about a possible new series, she introduced me to her agent, who was Gail Hawkman. And uh, Gail made all this possible. Uh, so Gail worked me like a horse. The short answer to the sweet goodbye, she rejected two versions of the sweet goodbye before she accepted <laughs> the third one. And and then again, things happened quickly after uh, after she accepted the third one and got involved in it. So, you know, that's a complete answer, I guess, to your fiction story. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sure. Well, well, what writing advice would you offer for someone who is working on their own stories and novels and hope to get them published? You know, William Faulkner has asked that question once and his answer was by a pencil. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that. I wish somebody would offer me advice, Jeff. I, I'm still trying to figure all this out. Um, I will say, writing a novel, maybe just stating the obvious, it, it's so much different than the journalism work. Even though I, I did write features, that was part of my job in newspapers. Uh, I wrote, you know, it features as a regular part of the job. But nothing could compare to an 80,000. When you start an 80,000 word story, it's like trying to suddenly learn how to run a marathon. You know, you think you can run, but can you really? Can you really? Uh, so the length is, I, I would say, and I think that's what overwhelms people. I guess what I'm trying to say is what advice would I give? Um, you do have to break it down, break it down. It's so easy to get overwhelmed thinking about the point that you need to reach. Uh, you know, I think there's a mental trick to that more almost than writing. It's just you have to realize that you're in for the long haul and the pacing of it. Don't get don't get discouraged today if you thought it wasn't going well. And don't make the mistake I made for 10 years of never finishing the thing. You know, I'll give you one last thing. Hemingway was asked, you know, writers get asked this question. Hemingway said, you know, what's the hardest part about writing? And he said, the hardest part about writing is finishing the damn thing. That was Hemingway's answer. What's the hardest part about writing? Finishing. Um, so don't, don't get discouraged. Don't get overwhelmed. That's great. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? 
Well, I was in New York City just a week and a half ago. I went to the Strand. You know, you can't go to New York City without going to the Strand. And I left That's with That's a wonderful a, store. Oh, is it ever. Although their third floor rare books room has been closed since the start of the pandemic. Strand, you should think about reopening it now. Uh, so they've got all the third floor distributed throughout the store now. But I left with two shopping bags full of books. You know, I've been reading. I've been reading some old classic noir. I just read some short stories by Raymond Chandler uh, just the other day. I'm reading uh, Ross McDonald. I'm reading John D. McDonald. I'm reading his first book in the Travis McGee thing. Uh, I picked up some Dennis Lehane. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. I just bought the books a week ago. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels and your latest novel? Yeah, there's a website, uh, Ron Corbett Books, and then bring you to my website. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Ron Corbett, author of the new novel, The Sweet Goodbye. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Ron, thanks for doing this interview. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on. Absolutely. Travis Lee left the Starlight Club and stumbled toward the cab pulling up to the curb. He bounced off the rear panel, bounced off it again, then found the door latch and steadied himself. He turned to the woman beside him and yelled, Ta-da! After that, he opened the door and fell inside. The woman didn't move. She was a tall woman, dressed in a full-length mink coat that shimmered beneath the neon lights outside the nightclub, made the fur look like a gasoline spill rippling upon dark water. In a few seconds, the cabbie got out to see what was happening. He looked at the woman then at the open door, then leaned in the car and gave Lee a shake. When he stood up, the woman asked, Is he passed out? I don't think so, ma'am. He's not snoring or anything. Trav, darling, she yelled into the cab. You need to put your legs inside the car. The man can't wait here all night. But there was no answer. I'll give him another shake, said the cabbie. What's his name? Travis Lee. Really? No, I'm just having fun with you. Can't you see I'm having fun? The cabbie looked startled. Then he blushed and put his head back inside the cab. Mr. Lee, your wife can't get in. You need to sit up, sir. Sir, do you hear me? The woman pursed her lips and waited. In anger or anticipation, it was difficult to tell. She had lips that might always leave you guessing about something like that. Eventually, she bent her head and whispered something in the cabbie's ear. His body twitched as she was talking, but when she was finished, he nodded, grabbed Lee's legs, and started pulling him from the cab. When he was halfway out, the woman grabbed one of the legs and helped finish the job. They slowed a bit when Lee's head was coming out, but not enough to stop it from bouncing off the curb. It was a low curb. They slowed. There was still a bounce. When he was laid out on the sidewalk, the woman stepped over him and got into the cab. The cabbie looked around a second. Embarrassed, it was easy enough to tell. But when his eyes stopped darting around, he ran to his door, got in, and drove away. Through the rear window, Amanda Lee could be seen shaking snow off the collar of her coat. Damn, that was cold. I looked at the departing cab, 
back at Travis Lee. Almost a muddy water song. March in northern Maine. It was still cold enough to kill someone if they were left passed out on a sidewalk for the night. I looked around, but saw that the cabbie had been right. No one else was outside the nightclub. Last call in 20 minutes, and not a car in the parking lot except mine, parked 20 feet from the front entrance. Good chance it was going to stay that way. I reached inside my jacket pocket for my phone, about to make an anonymous 911 call. If that could have happened, that simple act of placing a phone call, a lot of things would have played out different in Birmingham. I'm not saying some people would still be alive, or that failure would have become success, nothing as grand as that. But it would have been different, what happened, and probably not as bad. What did happen that night was three men suddenly came running down Delco Street. It looked like they were trying to make last call at the starlight. They were dressed in dark green factory pants, heavy work boots, and plaid jackets. They ran past Lee, lying there in his blue suit and camel hair overcoat, shiny black shoes pointing toes up like garden spikes. Looked at him, but kept going. I watched them make the front door of the starlight, but not go through. Watched them stare over their shoulders, talk among themselves, laugh, and just like I knew they would, watch them come walking back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.